Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! What is happening, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of Claws to the Wall here in Studio C. We have another amazing lineup for you guys today. I'm your main man, your host, Kobe Jackson, alongside my wonderful co-hosts, Thomas Terry, Davin Meredith, and Tyson Taylor. For both you, Davin and Tyson, I believe this is y'all's first Claws to the Wall podcast. Y'all excited? excited. Super excited. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and start things right. We're going to go ahead and dig in. So just because I'm a veteran, that means you don't ask me. Yes, you're a veteran. You don't ask me if I'm excited. Well, are you excited, Thomas? I'm very excited. Okay, then. Well, then, cool. (laughs) We got closure from you. Cool. All right. But we have another amazing lineup for you guys today. You know how we're going to start it off. We're going to start off with Texas State. We're going to start off on the football side of things. Mm. Texas State football with another Big-time win. They're officially 1-0 and in the Sunbelt Conference with a big-time win against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles with a final score of 50-36. to I mean, where do I even start with this game? I mean, the first play of the game was a 100-yard kickoff return by Ishmael Mahdi. I mean, I mean, if that's not a way to start off the game so hot by the Bobcats, what will? I mean, and all the way through, it was just a close game. But then Southern Miss started coming back, scoring 26 unanswered points. But the Bobcats did seal the deal, seal the deal with a Malik Hornsby touchdown to officially seal the game. So I'm going to throw it to y'all. Bobcats are now 1-0 in the Sun Belt, and they're now 4-1 overall on their record. So, Tyson, we were actually talking about it on Monday. You remember on VCR, mm-hmm. we talked about how I think it was like 28-3 to after the first, first quarter, quarter yeah. and then 42-10 at halftime. But then Southern Miss started storming back, and they – Basically did the reverse <laughs> of, yeah. of what they did against Nevada. So glad Texas State was able to hold on for the win there and close it out for another dub. Four dubs on the year, I think, so far. Oh, yeah, no. It was a, it was a great first half for sure. I was watching there sitting and I was like, this is the most perfect like game of football I think I've ever seen. And, of course, you know, I, I turned it off for like 15, 20 minutes. I come back. And I'm like, oh, it's not too bad. And I checked in again. I was like, okay, hold on. I told my girlfriend, we need to put on the game. Something's going yeah. on. Uh, but honestly, I'm, I'm happy Texas State is 1-0 in the Sun Belt. They're looking good. They do have a very uh, interesting matchup against Louisiana this week on the road. Uh, fun fact, they are the Texas State Bobcat football program is 0-10 against yep. Louisiana mm-hmm. overall since 2013. Winless. So, yeah, winless. 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 Yep. Yeah, so I hope on the road we're able to keep in mind Southern Miss and also just the Sun Belt in general is a very intense conference and they're competitive and hopefully we get things done on the road. No, nah, they're definitely Sun Belt's definitely um, you know a different story from non-conference. I mean, I mean when we beat Jackson State, uh, you know, pretty much by like you know halftime the game was over. The second half, you know, we still um, you know we're playing good defense. But, I mean, some belt, I mean, these teams aren't going to give up. You know, these teams yeah. are all coming to win. Um, I mean, you're down 42 to 10 going into the second half, and you come back and, you know, score 26 unanswered points. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think as long as we, you know, keep the foot on the gas through uh, all four quarters, you know, we leave our starters in, um, and, you know, we just continue to run up the score like I know we can, we'll be fine. 
And yeah, I, I, we got to get a win against Louisiana tomorrow. That just we can't be yeah. going eleven to them. Absolutely, and you know, you I want to kind of give a little bit of the Sun Belt standings right now. Currently, right now, at least in the West Division, Texas State is officially leading the West Division, the Sun Belt Conference. James Madison and Marshall are both tied, or both. Well, James Madison's two and zero in the Sun Belt. Marshall's one and zero in the Sun Belt. But Marshall's four and zero. James Madison is five and zero. So I mean, realistically, we have basically we are tied for the third best record in the Sun in the Sun Belt with uh, with Texas with Texas State, Georgia Southern, and I believe there's one more. on Georgia State, who officially has now not undefeated anymore. I know they had a very impressive four and zero streak going on before they lost before they lost their fifth game. But I mean, yeah, I mean, another big time matchup against Louisiana, a team that they have not beaten at all. So obviously, with this group, you know. I'm going to kind of ask, with this specific group of, Tex- of Texas State Bobcat players, do you think they have enough to finally knock off the Louisiana Ration Cajuns? Absolutely. I mean, we've been talking about it all year long, G.J. Kenny, and just the change that he's brought about to the program. We've seen the – we've – already seen but that's many points that they've been scoring all year how much offense they can produce and although the saying goes defense wins championships you got to be able to score some points in today's in today's football landscape Mm -hmm. you know so I think coach Kenny and the rest of the Bobcats they will definitely look to break some more records and hopefully lift this record to a winning one yeah, Mac Leftwich, offensive coordinator's offense is sitting at ninth in the nation as a scoring offense, which is extremely impressive. I mean, especially when you have that man, TJ Finley, back running the offense. I mean, he's 12th in the country in passing efficiency, 14th in completion percentage, and 22nd in passing yards per game. So you got him back there. Of course, you know, like Thomas said, we've got to figure some things out on defense, obviously, but it's always not going to be bad to have uh, TJ Finley in your corner. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, you can't forget about Madi. I mean, I think um, currently, I think I seen something. Um, he's leading the FBS in all-purpose yards, mm-hmm. and he's leading yards per carry. I mean, you know, we have so many uh, weapons on offense. You know, you have Drew Donnelly, Joey Hober, Ashton Hawkins. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and you know to have Marty in the backfield. I mean, our offense is you know lethal. But yeah, defense. Um, you know, we're not bad by any means, but I feel like there definitely is room to uh, improve. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're finding you know new players that are stepping up, like uh, Brian Holloway. You know, had a huge game uh, last week. So I mean, yeah, as long as you know we keep um, you know finding players that are going to step up, you know, on defense and on offense, you know, we're going to be fine. But this. I th- personally, I think this is the best roster it takes that they had in, I don't know, since maybe that 2005 season. Yeah, for I, sure. I agree with that. And, uh, you know, one quick thing that we'll move on is that, you know, you're talking about the defensive side of the ball. Tory Spears, you know, did mm-hmm. get injured. So, obviously, yeah. you know, as, co- as some coaches say, next man up. And, honestly, the Bobcats have really done that successfully well, even though that they've given up a lot of points. Their mm-hmm. defense has been in great contention in uh, the Sunbelt Conference right now. But their next game will be against the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. It will be in Louisiana, and it will be on national television. Just think about that. It's going to be broadcasted on ESPNU. That game will be on it'll be on around the 2.30 mark. And it will be on, on KTSW 89.9. We, we have a pregame show at about the 145 mark with our very own Clint, with Clint Shields and Jeff Ganny on the call for that one. So be sure to tune in. But now we're going to take a transition into some Texas State volleyball as they're coming off a tough tough to oh two sweep uh, from the james madison dukes if you guys don't know the story with these two teams both of these teams met in the sunball conference championship last year obviously their rematch was going to be very significant 
Texas State got swept in the first uh, the first day on Thursday. You know, not scoring a set on a single set. However, they win. They did win another set the following day, but still came up short from a three to one loss on Friday. I mean, we talked about this volleyball team and how cons- you know consistent with they can be with Mac with Maggie Walsh and with KJ Johnson and just think KJ Johnson did not play against James Madison, so honestly that kind of had a you know play a yeah. factor in that. But I want to kind of throw it to y'all. Obviously, you know, coming off a win against ULM and then dropping you know two games to James to the Dukes. I mean, what do you see? What do you see, guys see from this volleyball team after taking a tough loss to the defending Sunbelt Conference champions? Honestly. You said it yourself in the end of that sentence there. Defending the Sunbelt Conference champions, there is a reason they have that title. Yeah, definitely. James Madison is a really, really good team, and t- Texas State is as well. But yeah. when you're missing some key players like you were talking about, Kobe, it's going to handicap you a little bit. You mm-hmm. miss those players. So it's still early on in the season. I believe Texas State, the volleyball team, they are 2-2 two and two in Sunbelt Conference play mm-hmm. right now. So still early on in the season and everything, and gives you a lot of time to get back on track and back into the win column. Yeah, I mean, this team's young. I mean, uh, you got a veteran in K.J. Johnson. When she's out, there's going to be some issues. I mean, uh, personally, when I've seen the volleyball team play, uh, shout-out to Samantha Want. She's a freshman. She's doing outstanding things. But, again, when you have your veteran piece out, and especially on the road, it's mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. So, Sean Hewitt's a good coach. He's going to get them back in rhythm. And also, we're back at home. So, we'll Absolutely. get things straight against Louisiana. Yeah. And I mean – I think it, it has to be kind of tough, um, you know, playing at home to, um, you know, one of the less talented teams in the Sun Belt uh, against ULM, you know, beat mm-hmm. them two times. And then you go away yeah. to arguably the best team in the conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has to be a, a, a tough transition. And you have KJ Johnson out. I was impressed with Samantha once. Uh, she did step up, uh, you know, led a team in kills. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the Bobcats, you know, when they don't have their leaders, they got to find ways to, um, you know, you know, get the ball, get the scores going uh, mm-hmm. without her, and you know, they I, I feel like they got to communicate better, um, you know, and play t- more as a team, and you know, that will give them more of an advantage over you know these hot teams like James Madison. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, kind of looking at the Sun Belt stands for volleyball, JMU, Coastal Carolina, uh, JMU and Coastal Carolina are both tied for conference. They're both four and zero in conference right now. So is South Alabama and Troy. So obviously, we're going to be really interested in seeing that Troy-Texas State matchup later on uh, down in the season. But, I mean, you know, dropping a game like this, obviously you win some and lose some. That's kind of how really volleyball does yeah. work. And, honestly, you know, I know Sean Hewitt and, the, you know, and the Bobcats can rebound from this. Obviously they'll be back at home this weekend. So, obviously they'll have a lot, you know, a lot more of a better advantage taking on the Louisiana Rage of Cajuns. So it's Cajuns weekend for – both football and volleyball. Let's go with kind of soccer, I think, aren't they? Uh, soccer. soccer, it's gonna, it's uh, coastal, and then ULM. Oh, okay. So oh, okay. still some, but still some belt, some belt regardless. Yeah. But you know, kind of moving on to that. You know, Louisiana, they'll be taking on Louisiana in Strahan Arena at San Marcos. They'll on Friday on starts on Friday. will start at six p.m. That game will be on ESPN Plus alongside with, uh, on Saturday as well. That game's going to be on ESPN Plus as well. It is also Youth Weekend, so a lot of kids going to be showing out to Strahan Arena for that one. But now we're going to take a quick transition to some Texas State soccer as they drop their uh, – as they last few matchups haven't been really the type of matchup – haven't been the yeah. type of games we're used to seeing. So on Sunday, this past Sunday, they dropped a tie to uh, Troy to – Troy on Sunday, and then they took a tough loss against George, the Georgia State Panthers on Friday this past Friday, uh, losing the game one to nothing. I mean, 
where do I even start with this? First of all, the the Bobcats had back-to-back ties, one against Arkansas State and another against Troy, and then you lose a game to Georgia State. I mean, you know, there's kind of just like up and down with with the soccer team right now. You know, in, in the past three games, and to think they've only scored one goal out of the out of those you know past three. So, you know, I kind of want to you know real quickly. I just want to kind of ask you guys, what do you think you know this Bobcat team needs to do specifically? on you know the athletic side of things or on the coaching side of things for them to you know get back into in the win column i mean honestly last time i reported them it was their tie against troy and this is a physical team uh honestly they've had a string of bad luck uh the like 87th minutes of the second half uh troy came down and scored just a chip in like last minute Mm -hmm. and we bobcats had a little bit of extra time and they they had a goal they had a goal they scored the goal it was called offsides there yeah. was a defender in goal which and if you know soccer and that shouldn't be an offsides yeah. penalty i spoke to steve holman after the game he he was extremely upset as he should be but i think that kind of threw off them off and especially their uh, momentum and rhythm and i think that tie kind of transitioned over into georgia the georgia state game mm-hmm. i mean frustration i'm sure and just oh, also absolutely. the bad luck i mean I, I, they'll they'll get things together. It's a good team. They're young. They'll they'll figure things out. They'll be back at home against Coastal. I mean, I have faith in this Bobcat uh, soccer team. You know, Devin. You know, just from an athletic competitor standpoint, everybody knows a tie is almost just basically yeah. a loss. A loss, oh, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah. So coming off of those ties, consecutive ties, as that is, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, it's hard to kind of rebound from that. But you have to do your best to try to reset. I think Grace said that on Monday as mm-hmm. well during the mm-hmm. show that you just need to reset and film, watch a lot of film and yeah. see the mistakes that you made and just try to get better. I think it's um, definitely interesting. Uh, you know, they first, before the tie to Arkansas State, they were on a six-game win streak. Yep. They, you know, they didn't, so, like, this team had momentum. You know, they were, uh, you know, they had the confidence. And, you know, and then they uh, take a 0-0 zero to zero tie against Arkansas State, then followed by a 1-1 tie against Troy. That's the first time in program history mm-hmm. we've had back-to-back ties. So, um, you know, the team was probably, you know, right now they're just learning how to, you know, get back to that win streak um, and, you know, how to put the, the, the ball in the goal. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like you said, they haven't scored a goal since, you know, that Troy game. But I think once they get back on that momentum, back on that streak, you know, they'll be they'll be fine the rest of uh, Sunbelt. Yeah, I agree with, you know, all of your points. You know, momentum is a big key to a lot of a lot of sports, te- a lot of sports teams. And definitely it's specifically in, in college sports, because, you know, once you have momentum, it's almost hard. To, it's just almost hard to stop. You yeah. know what I mean? But, you know, apparently, you know, unfortunately, it did come to an end. But I think, you know, they'll, they'll bounce back. So soccer will be taking on Coastal Carolina tonight. We are going to be putting that game on tonight as our very own Richard Prosadioko and David Castaneda will be on the call for that one here this evening. And alongside, I'd like to big, and real quick before we move on, a big shout-out to our very own Joey Gonzalez, who is going to be calling the game tonight on ESPN+. Plus. With Brent Freeman, just want to give us give him a shout out. He's been doing unbelievable things uh, for this staff and for his broadcasting career. So, just want to give a quick shout out to our very own Joey Gonzalez. So, soccer is going to be on tonight as well, and we're going to go and do a quick skim here. San Marcos High School football is officially back this week. They had a bye week last week, so they're going to be taking on the Shirts Clemens Buffaloes who we all been know the story. San Marcos High School really hasn't been having the year that we all kind of expected them to have. They're currently 0-5 on the season. They will begin district play on Friday. You know, just real quick, you know, we're going to do this really quickly. What is the one thing that the Rattlers need to improve on for them to get their first win? 
I almost said everything, but <laughs> you know, um, just being realistic, uh, playing disciplined football, playing Definitely. clean football. If you can stop shooting yourself in your own foot, it'll make the game a lot easier than what it already is. So, you know, unforced errors, penalties, false starts, uh, holdings on the offensive side of the ball, that'll take you a long way okay. in winning ball game. Uh, when I went out there a few weeks ago, I think they were playing Wagner, and I, I just saw it was the it was all up front. It was at the defensive line. Yeah. I, I think Wagner put like over three hundred rushing yards on yeah, them. You were six hundred. It was six hundred. It was six hundred. Over six hundred rushing yards. Oh my goodness! And okay, like I was saying, to the, <laughs> the defensive line. Honestly, it's, it all happens up front, and obviously, I was down there. Frustration was mounting. Kids were getting frustrated, and yeah. at the end of the day. You just got to go out there. It's what, Coach Walsh's third game back? Uh, second game. No, third Tonight, game. Yeah. Or this week. Third game. Third yeah, game, right. yeah. So, I mean, hopefully they put some things together. They're only 15, 20 minutes away from home. It's not too bad of a away game. So, honestly, get some momentum now and finish out the season strong as you go into district. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've, I've, seen, I've seen this team, you know, score points. So, uh, you know, I mean, like you said, uh, Thomas, uh, they do need to clean stuff up, you know, uh, with the penalty-wise. But defense, I think, is really where it's hurting them. Like you said, 600 rushing yards. I mean, you just can't have that. Um, Absolutely. You know, so I think defense, they clean up on the uh, the run. You know, they start filling gaps correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the past defense, too, they let up a lot of, uh, like, long balls. Yeah. You know, you got to limit those. But, I mean, you, you, you got to get a win because, I mean, at this point, you know, these losses are going to add up and they're going to carry on to next season. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, the juniors, the sophomores, they're going to remember this. And, you know, you don't want to go into, you know, your senior, junior Losing years. Culture. Yeah, so, you know, you got to turn things around, at least get a win, get some momentum, you know, get this locker room, um, some chemistry. So Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you make a great point about the, the sophomores and juniors because most of these players that have been, you know, dominant, specifically on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball, like KG Webb, like Stephon Stennett, like Tony Diaz, like Ori Williams, we won't really see those guys next year because they're yeah. pretty much seniors. And this is going to be – this was basically their last season yeah. as a San Marcos Rattler. So, you know, obviously if you're the sophomores and juniors, you're just probably just looking up to them like, hey, you guys are going to carry us. Now, even though they still have a playoff ban because they're banned for the next two years, this year and then next year, they still have to carry the load of building momentum and building the leadership aspect of this football team. And honestly, yeah. they have so much to so much to offer for uh, for this Rattler team. But that game will be on fr- will be Friday night. I believe it's going to be seven third. I believe seven thirty for the time. I'm sorry, no, it'll be seven o'clock or se- yeah, seven thirty, and it's going to be in in shirts, Clint, in shirts, Clint. Uh, excuse me, in shirts, Texas. Our very own Paxton Graff and Colton Gibson will be on the call for that. So be sure to tune in. I'd say rough around seven fifteen, seven twenty mark for our very special pregame show. But, guys, that's it for local news. Now we're going to jump into the national scene, and Let's we're going to go ahead and start off with the NFL. And by me, and let's start off with previewing the Sunday night football game that I think everybody on this staff alone is looking forward to seeing. The Dallas Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers, a longtime rivalry between these two teams. I mean, you talk about you know all all time greats that have come from both franchises: Joe Montana, Michael Lur- Michael Lur- Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Jerry Rice. I mean, the list goes on. Terrell Owens. The list goes on and on and on. But I want to ask y'all, man, do you think Dallas has enough? And it might be enough. I'm talking about offensively. Do you think this Dallas offense has enough to get by this phenomenal and 
fierce San Francisco defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned that defense first because that pass rush is going to be coming after Dallas. Absolutely. We, we know that Tyron Smith is battling injuries and everything. Mm-hmm. We know that their center, Tyler Beyonce, I think his name is, mm-hmm. is got battling injuries. Even Zach Martin, the prized right guard, yeah. is battling injuries. So that spells trouble for your I quarterback agree. and Dak Prescott, who doesn't necessarily respond well to pressure in his face when he's throwing the ball. So <laughs> if you're Dallas, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we saw it last year in the playoff game when he was under pressure by When San Zeke was the center? <laughs> that was, wasn't that the last play? It was the and he last got play. Trugged? Yeah, it was yeah. the last play of his career as a Cowboy, too. Dude, that's sad. He got annihilated. Oh, man, <laughs> he got absolutely. Annihilated. That play call was crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> wild. Yeah, but, you know, like, like I was saying, just if that O-line can figure out a way to hold up just at least a little bit and give Dak some time, not the biggest Cowboy fan, but at the I same time, he's going to be able to make something happen with at least a little bit of time in the yeah, pocket. I got you. We all know Dak. It's either MVP performance or it looks like he should be third string on the bench. I don't XFL. know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this, again, like Kobe said, it's a historic game. Everyone's going to be watching it. I mean, they're on the road. They spanked the New England Patriots at home. Uh, maybe sorry, that... Aaron, if you're listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so hopefully that's to get some good momentum going on the road to San Francisco. Like I said, if Dak's on, I think this will be a fun game. If he is not and that defense gets to him quick, I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be a Christian McCaffrey, start him on your fantasy team, yeah. and just yeah. keep going. Cause, 48 points, by the yeah. way. He <laughs> won yeah. me my league last, last <laughs> week, for real. You were previously 0-3. Don't think we've No, 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 no. no I'm, in, I'm, in another, I'm in another league. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in another league, but I, drive, but I have him in my, in my other one. Don't, yeah. Um, don't talk I def- about my record. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'll pull up the record. Um, Correction, 0-4 now. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Anyway, <laughs> Tyson. Um, I think in most people, most Cowboys fans, um, you know, I've heard this, you know, since the beginning of the season, you know, people, I mean, we hear this every year, but they really believe this is their year. Um, I'm not a Cowboy. What else is new? <laughs> like, come <laughs> on, man. But, like, I mean. Texas and the Cowboys are back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are backing it up, though. You know, they are playing. They had that um, that sad loss against the Cardinals. But I mean, I think you know, if the Cow- if this is their year, you know, this is definitely going to be like a a conference championship uh, preview. Um, I mean, you know, if the, if the Cowboys continue to play well, so and I feel like the Cowboys are the underdog, um, definitely. Um, yeah, so I mean, they got to get through the Forty ers So I feel like this will tell us a lot about what's to come, you know, with the Cowboys season and how for real they are. Yeah. And Tyson, you just reminded me actually actually it's almost word for word what Jerry Jones said on the radio <laughs> what, the other what day. Was that? <laughs> he was saying that you're playing against the best. So this game is yeah. a measuring stick basically to see how you yeah. stack up against a potential playoff matchup down the road. And if so. they drop the egg and you know get blown out, it's 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 ugly for Dallas. Anyone, oh so it's funny that y'all said that cuz it almost seems like he completely just forgot about the Philadelphia Eagles at this point. Yeah. He, yep. I, for real, like cuz to me defending I, NFC Yeah, defending champion. NFC champions, of course. That's why I'm favorites for the division in my opinion still. Oh, for the Definitely. Oh, the Eagles. Eagles. Oh yeah, yeah no. Oh, yeah, 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 easily. Definitely. I I maybe say Dallas second. 
Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If, I got Washington best. in a second. Hey. <laughs> I love the confidence. I love the confidence. That's a close game. Washington. We should have won. Um, yeah, Sam just couldn't make a couple throws that we needed, but you know it's all good. But so. he has honestly, he has a bright future though. He does. He oh, really yeah. seriously he does. does. He does. Dude, Terry McLaurin made a catch on the sideline. Yo, yeah. Oh, no, gosh. he makes one of those catches at least like every other week. <laughs> He's so <laughs> underrated. He really He's is. So yeah, he does not get enough respect by any means. Honestly, but yeah, Sunday night football. Dallas 49ers, I mean, we that might honestly be a defensive game at this point because Dallas's defense, yeah. and I've said this on BCL before, Dallas's defense for the past couple of years has been very phenomenal since Dan Quinn has taken over. And, you know, I know we have a lot of Cowboy fans on this staff, and honestly it's just going to be nothing but just jabbering and, and all of that. But we're going to switch gears to now college football. And we're going to start off with, I think a game that can possibly define this one team specifically. That is the number three Texas Longhorns taking on the number 12 ranked Oklahoma Sooners. It is the Red River rivalry once again. And man, this is why college football is the best because of rivalries like this. We just, you know, we talk about Alabama, Auburn, Michigan, yeah. Ohio State. I don't think there's one rivalry that compares those two better than this, Texas and OU. So I'm going to ask, last year, Longhorns blew Oklahoma out bad, really seriously bad. Yeah. And Oklahoma's pretty good this year. So is Texas. Both of them undefeated also. Where do you see this game going? Are we going to see possibly high-powered offense? Are we going to see probably even matchup, maybe even low scoring if that? What do you think is going to happen in this one? Kobe, it's, it pains me to say this as a Longhorn fan because I want another shutout. I want 64. You want another shutout? Nothing. I want 64, 75, nothing. But <laughs> wow, that's not happening. It's wild. It, it's, that it's is wild. Okay. Oklahoma this year, uh, Brent Venables' is second year, I believe. Yes. He's going to have these guys ready. And honestly, that 49-0, all the chirping by the Longhorn fans, <coughs> excuse me, it's bulletin board material. And I hate to say it, but Oklahoma is not going to be the same team. They're not the same team last year. Oh, no, not at all. Not by no, mm-hmm. not at all. Dylan Gabriel playing at a high level. I mean, he was knocked out last year with, mm-hmm. I believe, a concussion or something. But he's playing pretty good football this year. Absolutely. But at the same time. Quinn Ewers is playing Heisman football. Absolutely. So this is honestly going to be a battle of the two defenses to see which defense will fold first. That's why I say it'll probably be a mid-scoring game, maybe in the 20s. I do not see it going to the 40s, though. Okay. I was going to say I was saying maybe a shootout. At least that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, again, I think UT kind of got woken up a little bit by Kansas. Kansas, Scared them a little bit. Woke them up. It was a perfect time for that game. And they they knocked them out, and they got business uh, taken care of in Austin. But, again – Rivalry week, everyone wants to throw that horns down. I think I think it's going to be a very interesting game. And if UT does take this loss, what is that going to do for them in their playoff picture? I mean, the rest of their schedule, I think they can handle it. But it'll be interesting to talk about for sure heading down the stretch. Yeah, definitely. Um, Oklahoma, I mean, yeah, they they made a big turnaround from last year. Definitely. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule and they haven't played the you know the toughest teams. But I mean, they they. They are blowing them out the no, water. I, get, I, I mean, uh, beat Tulsa sixty-six to seventeen. Latest game was against Iowa State. Beat them fifty to twenty. So I mean, the offense is clicking, defense is clicking. But uh, I mean, I feel like they're gonna have a tough time. You know, Texas offense has so many um, 
weapons with you know Jonathan Brooks, mm-hmm. Javion Sanders, Xavier Worthy. Sanders, I know he went down with an injury. He's is he playing. good? He's, He's good. Playing. Okay. He's okay. Good. Yeah. I was about to look it up. Yeah. So I mean, I I feel like we're all hoping for a shootout. I feel like it's probably what we're gonna get, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know by any means if it's a you know defensive battle. You know, and you know I feel like it's definitely gonna be a nail biter for sure. You know, it's crazy because like. When we talk about the Big 12, we mainly talk about high-powered offenses. I know we talk about Texas a lot. You know, you know TCU, when they had their high-powered offense with all the great talent that they had. Uh, Baylor is another example. Texas Tech is another. I mean, the Big 12 has always had just just a lot of jump, just a lot of high-powered offenses. And I honestly think we're probably going to see that again. Both of these teams, I think – and I'm specifically going to say Texas predominantly because, to be honest, I think this is probably one of the best – Texas offenses I've seen in I'd say since Mac Brown at least I mean I mean I was gonna throw in uh, I was gonna throw in Tom Herman when you know Sam Ellinger uh, Sam Ellinger was playing but nah this is reminding me of when Vince Young took them boys to the national championship and this is when I, and I hate to say this when Colt McCoy was even the quarterback at UT. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I, I don't. Every time, sorry. Every time I think of that, I always think of the national championship that he that he so called played in. But I know I don't. I don't. I can say that for another day. But but I do want to ask one thing: is that if Texas does win and wins predominantly against Oklahoma, will they be jumping up? Because they're currently sitting number three in the college rankings right now. Do you think they will jump up a spot or possibly be number one in the country? It'll take a Georgia struggle versus number 20 ranked Kentucky for them to be number one. If Georgia wins, it, obviously if Georgia loses and we win or mm-hmm. Texas Longhorns win, mm-hmm. then they're jumping up probably number one against the number 12 team. But if Georgia wins per se three to seven points, I could still see Texas jumping up if they win, in, especially in dominant fashion yeah. versus a top Honestly, a top ten team. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. They're not ranked top ten, but they're one of the top ten teams. I agree. In college football. So Georgia struggled against Auburn. If they struggle again this week, I could see a flip and move. And again, Michigan and Ohio State still have to play each other. Yup. Yep. So that will be interesting. And of course, usually a one loss team always sneaks in at that four spot. Bama. Bama. Watch <laughs> it happen. Not this year. Watch it happen. And it'd be good for college football though. But <laughs> but again, I could see I could see UT slipping into the two spot. If they beat Oklahoma and they go undefeated, I was looking at their schedule. I think there's like one trap game for the Longhorns, and I would say, is it BYU? Is it B- uh, I wouldn't give it no, to be. No, that's a, that's in Austin. That's at home. Oh. I would. I'm gonna say it's Kansas State. Yes, yeah. I agree. Definitely agree. That is in Austin. They might be comfortable. They probably smack BYU. So that's a trap game. But if they go undefeated and of course things fall into place, I could see them moving up. Okay. I wouldn't say one spot though. Okay. Definitely. Um, I, I agree with all y'all. Uh, you know, depends on how Georgia plays this week, you know, to see where they're going to fall. Um, you know, but I'm wondering, and I have a question of my own, if Texas loses, where do y'all see – are they jumping out of the top ten? Uh, where do y'all see them going, and how high do you see Oklahoma jumping? If they lose – I'll say this. If they lose closely, will they drop down to the top ten? Probably not. No. Well, you see, like eight, seven, maybe nine or ten, yeah. like nine, nine or ten. Okay, nine or ten, because if, because like I say, if it, if they lose closely, I don't think they'll drop out of the top ten because Notre yeah. Dame's five and one and they're yeah. literally right at number ten. Mm-hmm. So if if Texas does lose by like maybe by like three or seven points, I don't think it's gonna. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna hurt them necessarily, but 
Yeah, but I'd say probably number 10 at least. Yeah, honestly speaking, number 9 or number 10. But, uh, Davin, that schedule, that game against Texas Tech, is that a home game or a away game? It's a home game in Austin for okay. the Longhorns. Okay, that's why I was thinking about okay. another trap game too. Davin, yeah, I agree. There's So my roommate, he's a huge Texas Tech fan, man, like, and it's almost like he's trying to make it a rivalry Texas trying to make it a rivalry against Texas, and <laughs> Texas is just. I mean, it's not really so. Much. It's uh, back then when, like, when Colt McCoy was playing and stuff. Oh yeah, no, it was it was a rivalry because that was when Michael Crabtree Jack was Crabtree still on the reception. But they were trying to make it like an OU A and M. Oh, it's no, rivalry. no, it's <laughs> nowhere. Like, it's nowhere near close to those two. Nowhere near close. But we gonna get that Texas Texas A and M rivalry next year, which oh, I am yeah. so so I'm excited for. So so good. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. I mean, but why is the first? Why is that first game back in College Station? Wasn't the last game in College Station? Yeah, the last. Ooh, that yeah. Justin Tucker. Well, because just well, yeah, because the Longhorns won the last game Aggie in, in, in Aggieland. So I mean, hey, I mean, why not repeat history? <laughs> you know, what I mean, oh, I mean, I think they've had like uh, a bunch of new stadium uh, upgrades and yeah. construct since yeah. the last time they played. So yeah, of course, I, it's gonna be definitely be a different environment. Big Brother's back. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But real quick before we go, we know we, we have to, we have to talk about this. The MLB postseason is officially upon us here in October. What a time of the month to be a sports fan. You got NFL football. You got college football. You got MLB postseason. Then you got NBA that's going to be starting up in a couple weeks. I mean, what a time. So we're going to go and do this. We're going to go and recap the wild card spots. The Texas Rangers, Minnesota Twins, Philadelphia Phillies and the Arizona Diamondbacks all won their respective wild card matchups. And this is where it gets really fun is the division round. So Texas Rangers taking on the Baltimore Orioles, the best record in the American League, best team in the American League. It's Minnesota Twins taking on my Houston Astros. And on the National League, National League, Philadelphia Phillies taking on the Atlanta Braves and the Arizona Diamondbacks taking on the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, real quickly, let's go and start off in the American League, and we're going to start off with the Rangers and the Baltimore Orioles. We have had so much drama between the Rangers and the Astros during the last couple days of the regular season. If y'all know, if y'all haven't really kept up with it, the Rangers had fallen to the Seattle Mariners, so the Astros won their last couple matchups, so they officially clinched the division and basically got the second seed spot in the MLB bracket. Meanwhile, the Rangers had to settle in the wild card spot, and they got out with the win, and now they're facing possibly the best team, probably honestly the underdog sleeper of all this in the Baltimore Orioles. So I'm going to ask real quick, does the Rangers have enough to beat this Baltimore Orioles team, yes or no? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um to be honest with you, the Rangers have actually, in my opinion, it might be a little biased, but at the same time, statistics back this up. They have one of the best offenses in the MLB. Okay. If you look at it, I don't know if that stat still holds true today, but about a month ago, they had the highest run differential mm. in all of baseball. Okay. Now, mind you, there were some struggles Oh yeah, <laughs> in no, September. No. There were some struggles, but I said it, I'd rather struggle in September then lose in October. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we saw exactly what happened against that team down there. Honestly, shutout <laughs> and another shutout almost until they scored. So mm-hmm. 7-1, that's, that's pretty good baseball to be going into Fair. Baltimore. 
if the Rangers bullpen can hold it together and the offense does what it's been doing against Tampa Bay and towards the end of the season, I know they had that little, like, skirt there, like, between, I think it was, like, August, September, yeah. October, mm-hmm. and they hold together. I could see a Rangers-Astros um, ALCS. I, I, I mean – You have no I, idea. Everybody is wanting I, that series. I think that would be great, not just for this office, but I think it would be great <laughs> for – I think well, I, I, don't, I don't know about great for this office. and they're not, my, People might not be friends after this series. <laughs> but uh, I think it would be great for Texas baseball too, honestly, and just the state. So I, I'm hoping for it. It'll, the Rangers do – they have a they have a tall uh, cliff to – climb i mean we'll see what happens and i think astros will take care of business against the twins but hopefully it works out yeah um no nah, like you said uh the rangers and the astros and the aocs that would be that would be a sight to see yeah, for sure but really um i'm not gonna lie I, I don't think they have enough to beat the orioles they've been looking you know very solid all Absolutely. season um so yeah i, I i'm sorry i'm sorry for all the rangers fans <laughs> out there but i do not see y'all getting it done against the orioles but i definitely have the astros being the twins all right all right yeah, you know, as much as I don't, I don't like the Raiders, I would love to see a Texas Rangers-Astros championship series. I think that would probably be the best series of all time if it does go to that. But, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about the Orioles because they've been just absolutely phenomenal all year. You know, they've been consistent. Everybody has been healthy. Everybody has been just clicking all all cylinders. So, for that, with that being said, I'm going to I'm gonna say Orioles, but I, I – uh, I would love to have a Rangers Astro series, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna be real. I'm gonna go with the Orioles, and then we already know y'all y'all pretty much predicted Houston and Minnesota, Houston back in the playoffs for the sixth straight year in a row. I mean, amazing. I mean, the, the, and real quick before we you know kind of uh, move on here, is the is this Astros team or the Astros as a whole from 2017 to now are they considered a dynasty? Yes or no? Definitely. It pains me to say so as a Rangers fan, but I have to respect the prowess that the Astros hold. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they've been too, they've been consistent. They, they, it's yeah, they're a dynasty. As a Rangers fan, yeah, they're a dynasty. <laughs> I bet they paid yeah. paid y'all to say that, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> they? They have two. They won two World Series in the past few years. They've right? won. I, okay. two, they have won two World Series now in the past five year five yeah. years. So if they win another one this year, that'll be three in the past, in the last. Six okay, years. I think if they win this year, it's definitely for sure dynasty. Right now, it's kind of on the edge, you know. Because they're two and two in World Series in the past five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they need one more. You think they need one more? One, okay. one more. But let me poke fun, Kobe. Okay. Can y'all beat the Twins without trash cans? Uh, oh my lord! <laughs> Don't we ain't starting that. <laughs> yes, we can. I mean, heck, we didn't last year. We'll Come on see. now. Time Come time. on now. But you know. Yeah, I mean, at National uh, American League is going to be really fun. Real quick, National League, we're just going to do this real quick. Phillies and Braves, who wins that series? Braves. Braves? Braves. Braves. Braves, wow. Oh, my. Braves in the World Series, honestly. I don't know. Philly yeah. might have some. I don't know. Philly might have something to say about that. I don't Ronald know. Ronald Acuna. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I agree. Matt Olson too. I Got mean, that dog in Them dudes are mad. Now, final series in the National Division Series League, Arizona Diamondbacks, Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm going with the upset. I'm going with the Diamondbacks Me too. too. D backs, Dodgers. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Look, look. If we're talking about the do- playoff Dodgers, the playoff Dodgers have been horrible in these past in the past, you know, past. I'd say the past 20 years. Now, granted, their little ring, you know, their little Mickey Mouse ring that they got in 2020 doesn't <laughs> mean 
Nothing. Whoa. So Nothing. you'll say Mickey we Mouse, talk about but Mickey you're, Mouse. you're not going to say anything about the actual cheating Astros. Oh, I, I admitted we cheated. I'm I, <laughs> as an Astros fan, I admit that we cheated. All right, I've i I've, I've literally said that. I've said that on Bobcat Radio, and I've said that on previous calls to the wall episodes. We did cheat, but that 2017 you know championship completely erases you know what they did in 2022 because in 2022 they. Won a division. They were the best. You know, they had the best bullpen. They, in fact, they had probably the best bullpen in the last, I'd say, in the last ten years. I believe that's what I saw from the stat. But I mean, that 2022 team was phenomenal. It completely erased what you know what 2017 had to offer. So, I just yeah. I hate the bubble turns so much. I, I did too. It. I did yeah, too. That was pretty rough. Bas- yeah, basketball. I mean, basketball was pretty interesting, but. I'm, we won't get into a spill of that because Justin will have a field day talking about the, bu- the NBA bubble. But, yeah, I mean, NBL, MLB Division Series is officially upon us. That The first game will be starting October 7th, which is going to be Saturday. Oh, my God, you have a lot of games. You got college football and you got MLB divisions, Divisional Series. I mean, Texas plays Oklahoma at 11. And the Rangers game starts at 12, so I'm 12, literally so. going to have my phone. Oh, no, side, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But that is going to do it for us here in Studio C. Davin, Tyson, Thomas, did y'all, y'all have fun with this one? What'd you I think? loved it. Yeah. And one more thing before you close it out that <laughs> okay. I'll say. All right. It's 12.24 p.m. I know you still sucks. Oh, well. <laughs> he's got to get on the road. He has that. For those who don't know, that man has a screensaver that says "Oh, you still sucks" with the Longhorn emblem on it, and it gives the time. The, obviously, the time that is on the iPhone. So, honestly, that's that's pretty very creative uh, screensaver there. But yeah, that is going to do it for us here in Studio C. If you like this episode, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. And also be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcast and find KTSW Sports. For Thomas Terry, Davin Meredith, and Tyson Taylor, I'm Kobe Jackson. Thank you all for listening to this latest edition of Claws to the Wall. We will be back here next week. Have a good one, everybody.